Hi, it's Dwyer. It's the Friday before the fight after the weigh-in. Both guys made weight, right? Spence, barely so. No margin. He came in at 147. Now, this is a real short video for the Crawford-Spence fight. It's just a viewing guide. Of course, my cat has made an appearance. It's just a viewing guide. So as you watch the fight, you're looking at the kind of things that I believe fights turn on. Let me also give a plug here, a nod of recognition to Teddy Atlas. He's made an excellent point that there's a rematch clause in this fight. So, if you're someone who believes that there might be corruption in boxing, that judges somehow might get influenced in some way by some people who understand that a rematch would double the money for everyone, you might want to consider as a hedge taking the draw prop, which is going off at double digits, right? That's a cheap way to hedge against some kind of corruption. Now, just to be completely blunt, I'm expecting Terrence Crawford to win the fight by stoppage, right? Not only do I feel that Errol Spence uh, has outgrown 147 pounds, and that Spence is going to have some problems with the agility of Terence Crawford. But most importantly, I feel that Spence is a hurt fighter, right? I believe uh, the eye surgery that he had, the torn retina that he had in his eye is major. Right? I believe Spence is 33. That's old for welterweight. Right? 33 is a young man barely out of the crib in the heavyweight division. In the welterweight division, life is different, especially when you're older and you're having problems with weight. I understand, too, the folklore out there, and I'm not sure if I completely buy it, is that Spence has fought the tougher guys. Right? Well, I need for people to understand that Sean Porter went the distance with Errol Spence. Right? He also fought Crawford. He did not go the distance. Understand, cagey guys like Danny Garcia went the distance with Errol Spence. Right? Mikey Garcia. We can talk about Mikey getting blown out in the fight. Mikey Garcia went the distance with Errol Spence. I believe the folklore on the fight that Spence is the big bad wolf, that Spence is the knockout puncher, should be reversed. There is a bad wolf in this fight. It's the smaller fighter. It's Terrence Crawford. As I see the fight, Crawford is the closer. I believe it's a mistake to think that because Spence is bigger, this fight necessarily goes the distance. What I want people to do is I want people to revisit the Cal Brook fight. Now, we might have forgotten that that Cal Brook fight only goes four rounds, right? Four rounds. Cal Brook is very hard to stop. He gets dominated in that fight to the point where once Crawford switches over to Southpaw, 
In the fourth round, Crawford lands nine of 11 power shots. Understand, once Crawford figures out the angles, you are on the clock. So let's dive into, let's dive into this fight. Let's ask the questions. Understand too, Cal Brook had an eye injury caused by Errol Spence going into his fight against Crawford, right? Just understand, right? Golovkin also contributed to Cal Brook's eye, eye issues, we'll call them. If you look at the film of that fight, you're going to see Terrence Crawford targeting Cal Brook's eye. Folks, Crawford is surgical. Right? Whatever else is going on, just understand when you're fighting a guy who can switch to southpaw, land 9 of 11 power shots on you. Right? 9 of 11 power shots on you. That's what Crawford did in the fourth round against Cal Brook and target your eye, you're finished. So let's dive into the questions here. Now we know that both Spence and Crawford are southpaws, right? That's a little bit of a different dynamic from some of Crawford's fights. The first question, as you're watching it, right? Everything before this, you know, how they look, staring at each other, um, when they touch gloves, to me, doesn't matter as much as when the bell sounds for the first round, Will Crawford, in a fight between two lefties, come out right-handed against Errol Spence? Right? Understand, Crawford will come out right-handed in some fights, not all fights. As I've said, Crawford is a different person, depending on who he's fighting. But the question here is, will Crawford come out right-handed so he can do homework on your angles while hiding the angles of his southpaw A-game? Right, so Crawford will be out there right-handed. In other words, Crawford's that good defensively. Just like his brother from another mother, Tyson Fury where he can come out in a non-dominant stance, right? A stance where his dominant hand, you know, isn't the backhand, right? And Crawford can defend himself while he figures out what you do defensively. Now, let me just say, the next question is, if Crawford comes out, right-handed and slow, right? Because Crawford is known to be a Bernard Hopkins type, a Floyd Mayweather type, where they come out in the first two rounds, they're figuring out the lay of the land. They're not really asserting themselves. They're really studying you. If Crawford comes out slow, what does Errol Spence do? In my opinion, because Crawford makes adjustments and gets better as the fight goes along, Errol Spence needs to win the slow rounds. 
if Crawford comes out and he's playing games, he's in a right-handed stance, even though he's a southpaw, does Errol Spence hide his own southpaw A game and use his height and his jab? Spence has an excellent jab. That's the difference in his fight against Danny Garcia. Right? Does Spence come out and does Spence decide, hey, I'm not going to jump deep in the pocket, which is my real game. I'm not going to be the short-range hooker here. If Crawford is here coming out slow, trying to study me, I'm going to give him nothing to study. Rather, I'm going to win this round behind a jab, hiding my real game. So all we get after three minutes of action is me closer to victory, winning a round based on a jab and volume and a back foot in the first round. Is Spence going to play that game? Or is Spence going to see Crawford being cautious, feeling out the lay of the land, and then decide, I'm the bigger man. I weighed in at exactly the legal weight limit. I can't play games here. Any round where Terrence Crawford isn't being aggressive, I have to be aggressive. Is Errol Spence going to try to use his size and jump on a slow starting, possibly right-handed stance, Terrence Crawford? Now, I believe they will reach equilibrium by the third round. The next question is, what is the spacing between the fighters? Right? Don't focus too much on punch counts in these early rounds because, as I said before, a Terrence Crawford might give away a round. Right? So on TV, they like to say, here are the punch numbers. Right? Well, they matter if both guys are trying to throw a lot of punches. Terrence Crawford, some rounds, is very low volume. Right? So, in the third round, the question is, after the two guys have seen each other for six minutes... What is the spacing between the fighters? Spence is a physical short-range fighter who is best when he can smother you. Is the fight at short range where he has an edge? Or is it anywhere else where Crawford has an edge? Let's remember, the Mikey Garcia fight, Mikey doesn't have the head movement. That Terrence Crawford does. Right? Understand, too, Mikey isn't ambidextrous, which Terrence Crawford is. So if Spence is on a back foot throwing a jab, that's a short-term strategy. It's hard to do that against ambidextrous guys who can change stances. Put differently, in terms of the spacing, By the third round, can Spence get to Crawford's body? Right? If the answer is no, I believe this fight's a wrap. Because Spence is going to have to find a way to get inside on Terrence Crawford to have a chance. 
The next question, and this is a big one, is whether Crawford can dampen Spence's volume. A slower fight favors Terence Crawford, who is the lower volume fighter. Now, during the fight, they will show you punch stats. If Errol Spence is below 60 punches per round, total punches, then Terence Crawford is dictating the tempo. Let's get to the next question. When does Crawford start targeting Spence's eye? Folks, it's going to happen. Right? Crawford is cerebral. Crawford tailors his fight style based on your strengths and weaknesses. Right? Here you know Errol Spence in about the sixth round against Ugas gets hit in the eye and stops fighting in the pocket. He gets hit again. He's in severe trouble. Now, you get a boxing story of Errol Spence having problems with his mouthpiece that I feel is horse manure, right? I believe Errol Spence is conscientious about his eye. I believe retinal surgery is a big deal for boxers. I believe Terence Crawford is very highly skilled. And if you come in the ring with a surgically repaired eye, which you got hit on after the surgery and looked vulnerable, as Spence did against Ugas in a fight Spence until that point was dominating, that I'm expecting Terence Crawford to target the eye. Right? Look for what Spence does to hide the eye. Let me just say, too, you can't park a hand by the eye for defense and then think you can beat Terence Crawford an ambidextrous fighter with one hand. So Spence is going to have to take chances. Right? He's going to have to try to move his head a bit. Turn his head away from his bad eye. Right? Look at how Spence handles the eye injury. What I want people to do, too, is to look in the corners. Understand, this is that rare fight where the guys in the corners have been with their fighters for several years, right? This is the opposite. It's the opposite of the Dillian White-Anthony Joshua fight where Derek James is still getting to know Joshua, where Buddy McGirt is still getting to know Dillian White. No, no, folks, these are practically family members. Derek James has been with Errol Spence for years. Understand, Bo Mack has been with Terrence Crawford for years. These are the kind of long-time trainers who are father figures. In other words, when they go to when these fighters go to the corner, there's no ego involved. Bo Mack especially, who's a type A personality, 
is going to be having a frank conversation with Terrence Crawford, right? Neither of these trainers is there, you know, worried about upsetting their fighters, right? No, no, this is long time trainer type stuff, right? The trainer has been with you forever, right? Understand too. Both of these trainers are highly technical. Now, they have different personalities. Derek James is the soft-spoken guy who never really raises his voice. Right? But understand, Derek James is the kind of guy who, for a recent Joshua fight, hopped in the ring to show Joshua how he wanted Joshua to go forward. Bomac is even more brazen. Bomac will literally talk openly to Terrence Crawford about the punches to throw, about the sequence he wants. Right? So what you want to do during this fight is instead of hit the bathroom, instead of hitting the bathroom between rounds, you want to stick around, especially after a serious round, you want to stick around and you want to hear what Bomack has to say to his fighter, Terrence Crawford, especially if you're watching the fight and you're saying, man, how is Spence getting inside on Terrence Crawford? If you're baffled by what Crawford's doing, between rounds, stick around and hear what Bomack has to say to Crawford. Right? Understand, again, Bomack is part of the Crawford journey. Derek James is part of the Errol Spence journey, right? These are practically family members, right? There's going to be real talk in the corners here. Let me uh, just close by saying, too, that as you listen to the guys in the corner, listen to what they're saying about the other fighter. Right? If either of these guys says lines like, he's getting desperate, he's surprised by your jab, if they say anything like that, then you'll know that whatever game plan they had going into the fight is working. Right? Now, I was watching a Floyd Mayweather fight, and he had his father, Floyd Sr., very good fighter, Right, very good fighter. Uh, he had his father in his corner. And Floyd was in the ring, and Floyd looked a little bit tentative in a fight he was dominating. I believe it's the Canelo fight. And Floyd comes back to the corner, and his father just looks at him. And they had a contentious relationship at times. And the father just says to him, your hands, basically. And Mayweather, Floyd Jr., just nodded at him. In other words, they, you know, the father saw it, the father knew it. The father clearly had known Floyd his entire life. This wasn't a situation where the trainer's trying to figure out his fighter. Right? Just understand you have that in both corners here. Right? Let me just close by saying this, and I hope people figure this out. Sometimes having big size is a detriment. 
right? As I've said in an older video, you have a whole group of elite smaller men who have gotten their way because opponents believe they can walk them down. If Errol Spence has any thought that he's going to be able to come inside on Terrence Crawford and treat him like he treated Chris Algieri, that's going to fade early, in my opinion. Right? Errol Spence is going to find out what Stephen Fulton just found out against Inouye. Right? That he's fighting a guy who knows the sport. A guy who can dampen his volume. A guy who is going to have Spence thinking about his eye. Right? I'll give Spence credit on the Ugas fight, where Spence gets really close to Ugas, who is a master counterpuncher. Ugas, who beat Manny Pacquiao. Right? Just understand, I don't expect Terrence Crawford to allow Errol Spence the comfort of being able to get inside. Right? I'm expecting Crawford to have a lean to bend at the waist to prevent Spence from even getting to his body. As I've said, the Crawford-Mean Machine fight is fascinating because Mean Machine doesn't really open up on Crawford early, but yet gets a knockdown on Crawford. Right? Crawford is a guy who is, you know, looking at what you do and then trying to make adjustments. Errol Spence here is the higher volume fighter. Spence is going to come in and he's going to try to throw punches. I know the public thinks that'll give Spence an edge. In a craft like boxing against a lethal counterpuncher like Terrence Crawford, that actually plays into Crawford's hands. The more Spence throws punches the more adjustments Crawford's going to make. If Spence is unlucky, like Kell Brook, Crawford will come out right-handed, will then, you know, figure out the lay of the land. Then when he switches left-handed, like he does in the middle of the Kell Brook fight, he's going to look like he's a completely different opponent to Errol Spence, right? Completely different opponent. And understand, Crawford knows how to hide his head.